Well, tomorrow, three Nationals MPs will be sworn into federal ministerial positions. Darren Chester, Keith Pitt and Mark Coulton have been given a Guernsey. Mr Chester and Mr Pitt were casualties of the Barnaby Joyce reshuffle in December. But both are now back in front bench roles following the elevation of Michael McCormack to the Nationals' leadership. I think it's fair to say Darren Chester was the biggest loser of the Joyce reshuffle when he was demoted from Cabinet and moved to the back bench. But Mr Chester is now back and will be sworn in as the new Veterans Affairs Minister. I'm pleased to say he joins me on the line. Darren, I know you've had a busy day, so thanks for your time. Oh, great to be joining you. Now, Darren, just before we get into uh, the new portfolio, I did want to ask about this story in today's Fairfax papers suggesting that uh, Barnaby Joyce has raised doubts about whether he's actually the father of Vicky Campion's baby. Are you surprised that this has now come out? Well, I'm surprised by the story, but quite frankly, I think the vast majority of Australians would rather we focus on other issues and but don't particularly uh, want to continue this conversation much further. I think the uh, the public wants us focused on the issues that matter to them, and I think this ongoing coverage is uh, frustrating for a lot of people. And, you know, when I get feedback in my electorate, people are saying to me that they don't want the Canberra soap opera to continue. They want us focused on the issues that matter to them. There's not really much else I can add to the commentary. Yeah, but I suppose it's the fact that Barnaby is continuing the soap opera himself by coming out with these comments and saying that there's a grey area, that's his quote, about uh, whether or not he's the biological father. He's contributing to this soap opera, which I suppose is another distraction for the government. Well, I can understand why the journalist concern would consider it to be a story, and it's uh, it's interesting, I guess, for the public to uh, speculate on these things, and I understand you know, uh, why... Uh, why it's in the newspaper, but from my perspective, I mean, look, I haven't given it a moment's thought all day. I've been focused on other issues in my electorate. People who talk to me in, in my, my electorate of Gippsland want to know what we're doing in terms of building better infrastructure for them and what, what about the opportunities for them, them and their kids to have good long-term jobs in regional areas. So, look, I can, I can understand why it's in the paper, but I just simply don't want to add to the commentary about it. But, Darren, is there any suggestions amongst our Nats that there's concerns for Barnaby's welfare? Well, I haven't spoken to any of my colleagues who've expressed any concerns in that regard. Uh, Barnaby's a robust type of character. He's, uh, he's been around public life for a long time now and uh, he's, he's been in the headlines a lot over the years. Uh, he's been someone I've known uh, for the best part of 10 years and found him to be very, very resilient. Uh, when when uh, the, the knocks inevitably come your way in politics, he's been able to bounce back very strongly. So... I haven't had any comments or any discussions with my colleagues on those on those lines. Well, Darren, let's move on. Tomorrow you're going to be sworn in as the new Veterans Affairs Minister. It's not a cabinet position, but you must be glad that you're back on the front bench now. Oh, look, I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic to be given the opportunity to uh, be back in the ministry, but perhaps more importantly, to be involved in a portfolio where you can really make a difference in people's lives. I mean, the Veterans Affairs portfolio and defence personnel is a, a critical uh, ministerial responsibility. That's one where, obviously, we are uh, deeply uh, grateful to the service of the men and women who put the uniform on and go out and help protect us and help protect other people around the world, uh, to be in a position to uh, provide have ministerial responsibility for how they're looked after once they leave the military. I think it's a very exciting role, and so from a personal uh, perspective, I'm excited by it, but also at a professional level, I want to do the best I can by the veterans in Australia.
Now, you are the third minister to hold the job in a fairly short period of time. I know that Dan Teen held it for a while, but then Michael McCormack uh, has held it. Uh, is there a bit of groundwork to reassure veterans that they aren't being taken for granted with this constant ministerial change? I think that's a fair point you raise. I mean, any time you have a lot of turnover in a portfolio, it's reasonable for the key stakeholders. In this case, the key stakeholders are individual veterans. It's very reasonable to to raise the concern that uh, are we going to be focused enough on them? And I want to assure them that's that's what I intend to be. I mean, uh, Dan Tien uh, was the minister for a couple of years, I believe, and then then Michael only had it for a couple of months through circumstances not of his making with with the change of responsibilities and, and Barnaby standing down and Michael becoming the leader. Uh, it meant that uh, Michael had to take on a, a cabinet role, a more senior role within the government in that regard. But I don't want to give anyone the uh, impression that, that anyway diminishes our commitment to veterans and there's some big issues in terms of um, our, our response to the Senate inquiry into suicides. We need to make sure we're uh, providing support for, for people uh, when they present with mental health issues from the veterans community. Uh, so there's some very important things happening this year in terms of the centenary of Anzac and, and some commemorative events on the Western Front, which I think the Prime Minister himself will be involved in. So there's a lot happening in the uh, Veterans Affairs portfolio, and I'm looking forward to uh, uh, playing my part in making sure that veterans are front and centre in everything we do as a government. Now, Darren, of course, one of the perennial issues in this portfolio is the is the treatment of some of our returned servicemen and women, people who feel they haven't been properly compensated and the like over the years. They feel ignored uh, since they've come back from active service. How are these sorts of issues going to be dealt with, especially in that issue of compensation that some veterans feel they deserve? Look, I think you, you've touched on a, you know, a, a critical point there. The, there's about 300,000 veterans in the Australian community at the moment, and each year... Uh, between five and 6,000 people leave military service. Now, for a large percentage of those people, they, they will move from uh, military life to civilian life quite seamlessly and uh, be able to take on new positions or, or move into retirement and have uh, no issues whatsoever. But there is there is always going to be a percentage who, who may have been um, injured or suffered uh, mental health concerns and need additional support, and it's critical that we help them during that, that difficult transition stage and then into the community or into new employment in, in the business sector or corporate world. So I think the, the efforts that the government has been uh, directing uh, its energy towards have been around uh, working with the corporate sector to, to recognise the value in employing veterans because they've got uh, good skills, they've certainly got good discipline from working in a military environment, and also there are those that who, who, who fall by the wayside for whatever reason. We need to make sure we're there to give them a helping hand, support them in their challenges. So it's not, it's not an easy uh, question to answer for you, but it's, it's one that I'm very conscious of and, and very aware that uh, I'll have some responsibility for, for the welfare of you know, thousands of people and, and working with the department and working with the Defence Force itself to make sure that uh, we respect their service and honour their service and provide the right level of support for them as they go on to the next stage of their lives. And, of course, we do have you know, groups like Soldier On and the RSL that are trying to do this and trying to ensure that more people can easily transition to civilian life, especially if they're just returned from uh, recent battles in uh, either Iraq or Afghanistan. And on the issue of uh, the RSL, are you going to be working with uh, the RSL a lot more closely, especially in, in places like New South Wales, where it's gone through a bit of a tough time? Well, I think you're being polite when you say it's gone through a tough time. It's been terribly damaging to the RSL brand in New South Wales, what's occurred there. And so I want to work very closely with them to make sure that we rebuild that community uh, respect and support if it's taken a bit of a, a battering in New South Wales in recent times. Obviously, the uh, the RSLs, uh, groups like Soldier On and other organisations 
which focus their efforts on supporting our veterans are critically important uh, to making sure that we do our job well as a government. So it's not all about government. Obviously, the government provides you know, considerable funding in the order of $11 billion per year uh, to support our veterans. But there's other things we can be doing, in the, you know, as I said before, in the corporate world and, and communities themselves to make sure we're very respectful of, of our veteran community and, and uh, recognising that when uh, any concerns uh, appear, if they, if, they, if they do need support, that we're there to support them as well. And it can't just be about government. It has to be about a, a whole of community response. And I think the RSLs will uh, continue to play a very important role in that and I look forward to working very closely with them. Now, Darren, you, ch- you touched on it earlier. One of the big challenges for you is also going to be uh, the centenary of Anzac commemorations, and you're going to be helping the Prime Minister with that. It's not far off now. Absolutely. The, the big event, obviously, on Anzac, Anzac Day this year uh, will be the opening of the Sir John Monash Centre uh, in France, and that's one that uh, there's, there's obviously very advanced preparation for that. The, the centre itself, uh, as I understand it, is, if not complete, certainly nearing completion. I haven't had the pleasure of seeing it myself, but from what I hear, it's quite an extraordinary uh, commemoration of, of the service on the Western Front, so I'm looking forward to being part of that. Uh, in terms of throughout the year, there's other commemorative events uh, in recognising the, the 100 years, and obviously the Armistice Day um, centenary event in November this year will be another major uh, commemoration. So there's a lot happening in, in that regard. I think, I think it's actually important that we do uh, have these big commemorative events because it reminds the younger generation and gives them an opportunity to explore in their own minds what's gone before them and, and understand why we have a defence force and, and how they've helped to uh, secure the freedoms we enjoy today. It's why I believe the, the War Memorial in Canberra is the, the most important building and most important uh, monument in our nation. We can go there and get a, a much better appreciation of, of the service of others and the sacrifice that's occurred. Well, Darren, uh, congratulations on your elevation back to the ministry. Thanks for your time again tonight. Uh, all the best and thank you. There he is. That's the incoming Veterans Affairs Minister, Darren Chester.